The world around us is collapsing. We are being bombarded by bad news from every direction, and evil is getting worse. As those who love God, we can't help but wonder how much longer this can continue. It's easy to get discouraged and to feel like giving up. How can we possibly help and be a positive influence in such an overwhelmingly negative world? That's our topic in this episode of Foreshadowed Report. This is Steve Miller. Welcome to Foreshadowed Report. In this podcast, our goal is to grow in our understanding of Bible prophecy and its relevance to our lives today. In this episode, we're going to look at seven truths to remember as the world falls apart. These truths are meant to encourage us to persevere and to give us hope no matter how bad things get. The motto for Foreshadowed Report is to keep watch and find hope. That's what we're going to do as we look at these seven truths. There are so many bad news events taking place in our world that it's overwhelming. There is so much going on that is trending negative. Wars that are in danger of spreading. Authoritarian governments that are becoming more aggressive. Natural disasters like earthquakes and floods and famine. Economies that are spiraling out of control and making it harder for people to survive or get by. The threat of health crises, food shortages, and job insecurity. Crime rates are skyrocketing. Police forces are shorthanded, and governments are failing to punish those who break the law. As a result, evil is not being restrained, and our world is becoming more unsafe. In many places, schools are failing, and children are increasingly at risk. Political rhetoric is getting more divisive and hateful than ever. Corruption is rampant, and we no longer know who we can trust. Freedoms are being taken away. For more reason than ever before, the future looks bleak. People are on edge. Fear is in the air. All these negative trends are having a cumulative effect. They're piling up faster and faster. In all these ways and more, this world is falling apart. And we shouldn't be surprised. When we trace where these problems started, ultimately, they are the result of humanity's rejection of God and enslavement to sin. Scripture warns us about how bad things will get as we come closer to the end times. Jesus himself said it would become as the days of Noah. Genesis 6-5 describes those days for us. The wickedness of man was great in the earth, and every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Jesus also said in Matthew 24:12 that lawlessness will increase and the love of many will grow cold. With so much going wrong all around us, and with evil getting worse, it's easy for us as Christians to get discouraged and to lose hope. 
we may think that there isn't much we can do anymore to make a difference for good in our world. But that's not true. Every little bit that we do to be salt and light counts. As the battle gets more heated, our positive influence is needed more than ever. At a time when it's tempting to pull back and stay on the sidelines, we are needed to stay in the thick of all that is going on. With that in mind, I would like to share seven truths that can encourage us and help to sustain our hope as the world falls apart. These truths will remind us that no matter how bad things get, ultimately, hope is on our side. These seven truths can help us to persevere and not get discouraged. First, God is still in control. A moment ago, I mentioned the days of Noah. Back then, the world had hit rock bottom. Evil was everywhere, just as it is today. But we know that God was still in control because he brought a stop to it all. He brought an end to that world. He poured out judgment and righteousness prevailed over evil. The same is going to happen again in the end times. When the world is at its worst, Christ will return and destroy all his enemies. Man's reign of evil will be replaced with Christ's reign of righteousness. Another very dark moment in history was when Jesus hung on the cross. At the time, Satan seemed to have won, but then Jesus rose from the grave, and he conquered Satan, sin, and death. What looked like a victory for the enemy became God's victory. These are reminders that no matter how bad things get, God is still in control. This truth is affirmed to us many times in Scripture. Isaiah 14.24 says, The Lord of hosts has sworn, As I have planned, so shall it be. And as I have purposed, so shall it stand. Psalm 135.6 says, Whatever the Lord pleases, He does, in heaven and on earth, in the seas and all deeps. And Isaiah 46, verses 9 and 10, we read, I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times, things not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will accomplish all my purpose. Daniel 4.35 says, All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing. And he does according to his will among the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand or say to him, What have you done? As we look around us today, no matter how bad things get, we can have every confidence that God is still in control. Second, our victory has been won. We can fully expect that in this world we're going to be frustrated by all that is going on. It may seem like evil is on the winning side. Maybe we're feeling the burden of difficult circumstances, or we're struggling in spiritual warfare, or we're worried about the uncertainties of what might happen tomorrow, or next week, or next month. In all these ways, it's easy for us to be robbed of our hopes about the future. But no matter what happens in this life, 
An important truth that helps to put everything into perspective is that our eternal destiny is secure. Nothing can take away our salvation or the promise of eternal life in heaven. That's because Jesus already determined the outcome at the cross. He has already defeated Satan, sin, and death. In 1 Corinthians 15, we're told that someday our mortal bodies will become immortal. The perishable will become imperishable. In verse 54, Paul wrote that death is swallowed up in victory. A little later, in verse 57, Paul said, Thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Revelation 21.4 offers this encouragement. God will wipe away every tear from our eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. There is coming a day when Christ will rule the world, when sin will forever be banished, and righteousness will prevail. No matter how bad things get, our victory has already been won. Nothing will change the outcome. Third, the church will prevail. In Matthew 16, 18, Jesus said, On this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It's been 2,000 years since Jesus said that. The church had a small beginning. Where is it today? It's worldwide. Jesus is still building his church. He continues to sustain it and to protect it. And when the rapture happens, he will remove it. The powers of evil are not able to stop the church. They will never get the upper hand. As Christians, even though we will be marginalized, criticized, and persecuted, and in some parts of the world even killed, the church will continue and prevail. The gospel will be proclaimed and draw new people to Christ. The faith will move onward. Back when the church was first born, it faced severe persecution. Some of the Roman emperors of that day tried to wipe it out, and there have been other persecutions of Christians all through history. But look at where the church is today. Christianity continues to spread. It's because Christ promised he would build his church. No matter how great the opposition, the church will continue to grow. Fourth, our mission has not changed. Even though the world all around us continues to change, people still have the same struggles they've always had. People are still grappling with sin and with the deeper questions of life. They have always asked, Why am I here? What is my purpose? Where can I find meaning? But because sin has separated people from God, they have also been separated from the answers to those questions. God wired us for fellowship with Him. He also wired us to live eternally. But because sin has separated humanity from God, everyone has a God-sized void within them, and everyone faces death. Their wiring tells them something is wrong, but they're not sure what. They are trying to fill the void within, 
and they fill themselves with whatever they think will satisfy. But the only thing that can fill that void is God. And we, as Christians, are here to tell them that Jesus is the answer to every human need. That's our mission. Because the problem of sin had not changed, our mission had not changed. In Matthew 5, verses 13 and 14, Jesus told us to be salt and light. In Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20, He called us to bring people to Him and to raise them up as disciples, which simply means to make them followers of Christ. In Philippians 2.15, Paul urged us to be children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. A lot of time has gone by since those verses were written, but our mission has not changed. No matter what we do for a living, no matter what our age, no matter what our background, we all have the same mission, to be salt and light and to be ambassadors who point people to Christ. Fifth, every Christian counts, including you. In the previous point, we looked at how our mission had not changed. That is true for every believer. Every single one of us is needed as a light in the darkness. Every one of us is an ambassador for Christ. But maybe you feel like you don't have anything to contribute. Maybe you're thinking, I'm not good at talking about Christianity, or my realm of influence is small. Maybe on most days, you're at home with very young children, or you work in a small office with only a few people. Whatever your situation, from your perspective, your mission field is small. And because it's small, you think it's unimportant. But it's not the size of your mission field that counts. It's how you use your influence that matters. God has planted you where you are for a reason. He has specifically chosen you to be a godly influence on your young children or the few people around you. To God, having an influence on even just one person is important. Remember the parable of the lost sheep in Matthew 18? If a man has a hundred sheep and only one goes astray, won't he leave the ninety-nine to search for the one that went astray? And when he finds it, he rejoices more over that one than over the ninety-nine who never went astray. In Luke 15.10, we're told that the angels of God rejoice over one sinner who repents. In 1 Corinthians 7.14, Paul advises a believing spouse not to leave an unbelieving spouse. That's because the believer can have a positive influence on the unbeliever. In all these examples, we see how important even just one person is to God. And the truth that every Christian counts applies to church life as well. In Hebrews 10 verses 24 and 25, we are told that as we see the day approaching, as we see Christ's return drawing near, we are not to neglect to meet together 
and stir up one another to love and good works. Every believer is needed to help stir up others. Now, you may say, I'm not very good at this. I don't see how God can use me. That brings us to the next truth. God will empower us. God doesn't expect us to shine our light, be an ambassador, and to stir up fellow believers in our own power. In Acts 1.8, Jesus told the disciples, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. God didn't just say, You will be my witnesses. First, he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Not until after the Holy Spirit came upon them were they called to go out and witness. As a believer, you have the Holy Spirit dwelling within you. That's your source of power. In 2 Peter 1.3, we read that His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. His divine power resides in us, and it's available for all things that pertain to life and godliness, which includes sharing the gospel with the law and building up fellow believers. Notice what Romans 1.16 says, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation. It is the gospel itself that has the power to convict people. We're not called to do any of this in our own power. The power is inherent in the gospel itself. One very interesting affirmation of God's promise that He will empower us appears in Luke chapter 12. There, while Jesus was talking about persecution, He said, When they bring you before the synagogues and the rulers and the authorities, Do not be anxious about how you should defend yourself or what you should say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. So we should never feel as though we're not good enough or our mission field is too small, and we are not expected to represent Christ in our own power. God will enable us with His power. That brings us to truth seven. Heaven is our home. Even though we still live here on earth, our citizenship is in heaven. That's what Philippians 3.20 tells us. Hebrews 11.13 describes us as strangers and exiles on earth. Some Bible versions use the word pilgrim in that verse. We are pilgrims in a land that is not our own, and we are making our way to heaven. Hebrews 13.14 says, Here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. Someday God will bring an end to human rule over this earth. Christ will be king. The world we live in now is temporary, but Christ's rule will be permanent and it will last for all eternity. This world is not our home. 1 Peter 1.4 says, that we have an inheritance waiting for us in heaven, one that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. When we find ourselves distracted and discouraged by the many problems in this world, 
We need to keep our eyes on the finish line. We need to remember that heaven is our home. So if the world falls apart around us, let's find our hope in these great truths. God is still in control. Our victory has been won. The church will prevail. Our mission has not changed. Every Christian counts, including you. God will empower us. And heaven is our home. God included these truths in Scripture to encourage us and enable us to endure. Remembering these truths will help us to keep our eyes on the finish line and to persevere. As we see the day approaching, let's hold strong to these truths and do as much as we can to have a positive and Christ-like influence on a negative world. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Foreshadows Report. My prayer is that you've been encouraged by these seven truths. It is wonderful to be reminded that no matter how evil our world becomes, God and His righteousness will prevail. Looking ahead to Christ's return and our home in heaven will help us to keep running the race all the way to the finish line. If you follow my podcast for any length of time, you will know that every day I post news updates as well as words of encouragement on Telegram Messenger channel. During the week, I provide short posts that relate to events in our world and their connection to the end time. Many of these posts have to do with topics that I present in my book, Foreshadows. To follow along on Telegram, you can find out more at my website, stevemillerresources.com or you can go to Telegram Messenger channel and look for Foreshadows Report. In closing, I would like to say thank you to Harvest House Publishers, which has helped to make these podcasts possible. And thank you once again for listening.